2: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I can't think of a better guest to discuss the uh, events of the last
0: 24 hours than former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. He's the author of the brand new book. Trump and the American future. Follow him right now, Newt Gingrich, on Twitter. He's only got 2.3 million followers. Also, gingrich360.com. Speaker Gingrich, shouldn't a hearing on a Supreme Court justice of either administration, either party's nomination, be about the actual nominee? Well, look, one of
1: the great virtues of our system is that elected officials can do what they think works for them. Now, the Democrats, looking back on the backlash from Kavanaugh, which probably cost them four Senate seats, uh, literally the margin by which uh, Mitch McConnell is now Majority Leader, was, I think, the Senate seats that were picked up after people were enraged by how the Democrats had smeared and attacked Kavanaugh. So they, were, they had to double down because... You you can't deal with a mother of seven children uh, the way they dealt with Kavanaugh. So that is a second problem. And they're the party which is really big on mansplaining. Uh, and you, you, so it's really tricky for a Democratic male to attack uh, a female judge. <clears throat> so all of those things came to bear. Uh, and they were faced also, I think, with the reality which uh, Ted Cruz said yesterday, that she graduated first in her class and he didn't think anybody on the Judiciary Committee had graduated first in her class. So they, had, they ran the risk that she would just beat them uh, if they got into a debate. And they then did something which I think was very very smart if you're a Democrat. And they're very well-disciplined, much better than Republicans, um, because they're willing to work as a team, and as the collectivist party, uh, they have deep habits of doing things together Uh, whereas we as the individualist party uh, find it really difficult to get our side on the same team. Um, So every single Democrat yesterday had a picture of a constituent who was suffering from a precondition. They had a basically set piece, you know, out of their 10 minutes, they were going to spend five of it uh, on how wrong this process was attacking Donald Trump, and then five of it on uh, their fear about the Affordable Care Act preconditions in this wonderful constituent of theirs who was suffering personally and who the Republicans would just abandon and betray. It's not an irrational strategy. Uh, Now, to your point, uh, I think it also came because I think the Democrats know this is over. Uh, Barrett is going to be confirmed. You're going to have a 6-3 to conservative Supreme Court. Trump will have defined the Supreme Court and the senior courts, maybe for as long as 40 years. I mean, Barrett's only 48, so she could easily be on there for 40 years. And that's why you have, on the hard left, such a desperate desire to pack the courts, because when I mean, they're sitting there looking at the idea that no matter what happens in the election this fall, they could be dealing with a conservative, constitutional, uh, Justice Scalia court or. Four decades. And it's just, it's just driving
0: him crazy. His brand new book is Trump and the American Future, available now. We are talking to, of course, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, let me ask you, is it, what is your reaction? I'm just going to leave it completely neutral to both Kamala Harris and then Joe Biden twice saying, I refuse to answer the question on packing the court? Because then my answer will be the issue, given that we are exactly three weeks away from the election.
1: Well, look, Biden is desperately trying to get to the election. Uh, He knows that by better than two to one, the country does not want to pack the court. But he also knows that that one is his base. So if he's not careful he could have a total rebellion on the left. And so on the other hand, he knows if he came out and said, yeah, I'm for packing the court, he'll lose the election because by better than two to one, the American people oppose. And they think it's a big issue. They they have some deep instinct, despite two generations of really bad education. They still have a deep instinct that it matters to have a Supreme Court that's independent. So I think that's what they're trying to do. And, of course, it's compounded because, you know, I I tell people I was comforted yesterday when Biden announced he was running for the Senate. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think I think he could be a senator. It's relatively harmless. I don't think he can be president. Um, And I do think you're going to end up with a Harris uh, Biden administration because she has so much more energy. She's so much more aggressive that she will basically define a large part of the administration from day one. Uh, but uh, I think that, you know, he, he, I, I don't think the media is going to let him get away with it. And that's been a surprise to me. This is the first issue I can remember in this campaign where the media actually is going after Biden across the board. Uh, and even CNN is giving him a hard time.
0: How does the president catching the Chinese virus and being declared to be free of the coronavirus affect this election?
1: Well, I think if he if he continues to educate the country, uh, it'll be actually a net asset because we now have the World Health Organization saying that masks are wrong. Uh, You have uh, over 6,000 doctors who signed a a letter saying that masks are wrong. And it's about to turn out if you want to talk about science, uh, Trump's doctor has said uh, that he is completely free of the virus. The left, of course, talks about science, but they basically uh, follow some form of voodoo uh, and, and have no scientific basis for anything they're doing. Uh, and I think that's part of the contrast he's trying to draw. Uh, that's why he's going to events uh, and, and in a sense, taunting uh, Joe Biden. Uh, and I think, uh, I, I also, I just did a YouTube uh, video actually on uh, saving 2 million lives. Because I think the real story is that, When this began, uh, experts said more than two million Americans would die. Trump reacted very aggressively, cut off Chinese flights, etc. People like Biden and Pelosi and Harris were attacking him uh, the entire time.
0: Millions of lives saved because of a very, very early decision by the commander in chief. Uh, Speaking Gingrich, do we have to fear the uh, the know nothing movement of the past is being resurrected like a zombie? Is there prejudice against Catholics in America today?
1: Sure. I mean, I think on the secular left, uh, you have a lot of people who are very they're anti Christian. They're anti-Orthodox Jew, they're anti-Catholic. I mean, look at people have not covered it much. If you look at what Cuomo's doing in New York, I mean, he's in an open fight with the Orthodox Jewish community, and apparently yesterday actually welded shut uh, the gates to a cemetery to block people from going to have a Memorial Day observance for a rabbi who had been very important in the history of their community. Uh, So. I think you see this all across the country, where, uh, for example, in Nevada, you could have people in a casino but not a church. And I think the it's, it's easy to underestimate how much the liberal Democratic Party uh, and its and its radical wing are deeply anti-Christian and anti-religious. In the case, for example, of Kamala Harris, I wrote a newsletter at Gingrich 360 a while back and said she was the most anti-Catholic bigot nominated to a major party since the 19th century. And I think if you look at what she the, the questions she asked, the things she said, there's no question that's true.
0: We have time for, I think, one more question to the former Speaker of the House. Follow him right now at Newt Gingrich. You have a brand new book, Speaker Gingrich. It's entitled Trump and the American Future. Is there a future? What, what are you seeing right now? Is there a future? For a second Trump administration, what do you see in the tea leaves?
1: Look, I, I think in 70 percent of the futures, he's president and in 30 percent, Biden's president. But when you have Biden go out, as he did yesterday and talk about the fact that he's running for the Senate, uh, when he says he can't remember this guy, you know, uh, that Mormon guy who was governor. He's referring to Mitt Romney. Uh, I think it's very hard in the end for, for I mean people who totally like Trump are going to vote for Biden no matter what. The people who think about voting for Biden and then realize this is the commander-in-chief. How could he possibly negotiate with Xi Jinping uh, or with Vladimir Putin? And it's an absurdity. And I think in that sense, in the end, Trump will almost certainly win. Plus, 56 percent of the country told Gallup last week their lives are better today than four years ago. Now, to have that reaction when we've been through COVID, we've been through shutting down the economy, We've been through social isolation and they still 56 percent said it's better. That says to me, Trump has a much bigger vote than any poll you've seen.
0: But the 80 million unbidden mail in ballots, are you not concerned for the integrity of the election?
1: Absolutely. The Democrats will do everything they can to steal the election because they are terrified that four more years of Trump will finish dismantling uh, the left-wing world they were creating, uh, and so I think that's a major concern. Uh, there are already a lot of Republican lawyers lined up. I tell everybody, if, you, if that's a worry, volunteer to be a poll watcher. Go see what's happening. Uh, it's it's really going to be, uh, an ama- and I think by the way, it may be the largest turnout in American history.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. My wife is a poll officer, poll official. I've been volunteering on all the early primaries. Be a part of the solution. Listen to Speaker Gingrich. See his latest video. Follow him at uh, Gingrich360.com. Also Twitter at Newt Gingrich and the new book. And must read Trump and the American Future. Our best to your wife, uh, Her Excellency, our ambassador to the Holy See. He is coming to us from the eternal city.
2: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for TownHall.com. For the good of the country, Joe Biden must clearly and definitively answer the court packing question. The Supreme Court is now at center stage with the start of the Senate confirmation hearing for Judge Amy Coney Barrett. The court is also now at the center of the presidential election, as many Democrats demand that, if their party controls the White House and the Senate after the election, the Supreme Court be expanded to establish a liberal majority. Court packing is now a major issue in the presidential campaign because neither Joe Biden nor Kamala Harris, his running mate, will say what they think about demands by their party's radical wing to expand the court. Court packing is a threat to the Supreme Court and thus to every American freedom, especially religious liberty and the Second Amendment and property rights and the separation of powers fundamental to our republic's durability. The Biden-Harris ticket should publicly condemn the idea and condemn it now.
1: I'm Hugh Hewitt. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu